The following show contains spoilers for the Cloverfield Paradox, and my thesis on the theory of interdimensional travel using giant space donuts. We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive Hello, and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and surprise, it's Chris. We're doing a surprising film. Okay. I promised you a surprise last week. I wasn't expecting that. I was waiting for some witty thing. Here's a man with no arm or something like that. You just shouted surprise. Yeah. And it did surprise me. I'm all out of wit this week, so. Excellent. <laughs> We're going blunt and straight to the point. Cloverfield uh, paradox. The Shit. Cloverfield paradox. Oh. You've straight to the out. point. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, is it? This film was announced at the Super Bowl. Uh, last weekend came out on Netflix the same day or day after whenever it doesn't matter it was a surprise to us surprise to everyone and we watched it and it was a surprise that it wasn't particularly great it was a surprise it wasn't great I watched the trailer and I thought mm, this does not look good I didn't watch the trailer I just dived straight into the film and yeah right so yeah. you really did have a surprise it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. So the Cloverfield films, they consist of three films now. They're a trilogy. Uh, the first one came out in 2008. It was a handheld monster footage, monster rampagey film. I like that one. I've watched that one. Uh, the shaky cam, the handheld stuff does make me feel a bit sick in some places. It never um, does that to me. I never get when people f- say they feel queasy from watching shaky footage but for the most part it's it's a decent film uh the handheld stuff i think works for for getting the um hey i'm just a guy and i'm not a military kind of person it works well for the thing that they're going at because usually with like disaster films you get a whole overview of if you're talking about um things like independence day you always cut back to the army doing holy shit we need a nuclear bomb and things like that and it was nice to to ground level. I like that. To stay with the normal people. Yeah. And see how they survive this. The common folk. The common folk. <laughs> the peasantry, if you will. <laughs> no, and then um, 10 Cloverfield Lane uh, with John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winestead. I've not seen it, but it looks good. I've heard good things about it. I am the same. I've also been told... Uh, wrongly now, now that I know that it was not linked at all to the first film, and it just it was just it was called Town Cloverfield Lane, but had nothing to do with the uh, the actual Cloverfield incident. Well, there were aliens and shit in that, and that's why they were trapped in the bunker. Or as we now know, interdimensional creatures. Ah, very good. Inter well bollocks to them. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a fun film if it was just crazy John Goodman keeping. Mary Elizabeth White said in a basement for nefarious reasons. That's what I thought it was anyway. But no, throw in an alien. That'll be great. The alien's called Clover. Oh, so the monster's called Clover. Yeah. The paradox is called Clover. This is why, because the, uh, the experiments in space are meant to open up these portals that bring the, the creature through, which is why the first one's called Cloverfield, because that's what the US military dubbed it, because it was brought on by the Cloverfield space station. You know, the Cloverfield paradox, as they kept saying. Which isn't in this dimension, right? I don't want to go into the whole wibbly wobbly timeline, no, let's go dimensional into it. Let's stuff go into it. of Cloverfield, because I don't really care enough. The space station on the... Earth A. It keeps firing something <laughs> okay, called the, the Shepherd. Spe- Wait, the space station from Paradox, or the satellite that crashes into the sea? 
No, because the space station that crashes is from Earth B. We're on Earth A. Wait. No. It can't. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, God, it's very I hate simple. This. It's very simple. I hate this. Right. You've got the space station at Earth A. It's testing. It's Earth the big... A Earth paradox. Earth. No, Earth A is where we start. Earth A would be 20... our Earth, if you like. It's, is our Earth the 2008 Cloverfield? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Earth That's A Earth. is the Cloverfield Earth from 2008. Correct. Okay. Okay. Earth B is where the fuck they end up. <laughs> so Earth A space station is firing off their big laser thingy, the Shepard Accelerator, whatever it is. It's okay, so you're saying that Earth A is Cloverfield 2008. Yes. And Cloverfield Paradox Universe. Well, hang on. Because what happens? Okay. The space station <laughs> fires its laser. All right, and then opens up a hole in space and time and gets sucked through to the next dimension into Earth B. This causes the crash of the Earth B space station, which they see on the news. Yeah. Also explains why one of the crew members from the space station B ends up inside their wall. Yes, wibbly wobbly dimensiony stuff. Exactly. But the wormhole that took them to Earth B is also what Clover, the big monster, comes through to on Earth A. Okay. What about all the other Cloverfield Earths? I don't know. <laughs> We're focusing that's on just these two because that's what the film covers. That's what I was getting into because there was a whole bunch of viral marketing for the first Cloverfield about how they uncovered the monster. And I think they did the same for Cloverfield uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, they probably did the same for this, but I'm not into following that kind of viral marketing stuff. No, I don't watch it. But they did say that this film would tie up all the loose ends. It does not. It, no. It do, it tries it, to. It makes more. Yeah, it tries to, but it just doesn't. So the way I'm going to look at it is, Paradox Earth does the experiment, creates the wormholes, and then in a bunch of other dimensions that are not linked, apart from the two that are in Paradox then all sorts of monsters come through. Because the Earth from 2008 isn't the same Earth in Paradox because of the end stinger. Also, I think there would have been a bit in the news where the crazy scientist at the beginning or the guy flogging his book goes, hey, this this satellite thing could bring monsters like the monster that attacked New York in 2008. So that would have been, yeah... If there was a giant monster, that would be all I would talk about if it attacked this Earth. You'd get bored of it eventually, wouldn't you? Oh, no. I'd be shitting my pants every time I thought about <laughs> the giant monster. Okay, so... It's like 10 years ago. Let it go. Still, man. It's terrifying. Can we move away from the timeline dimensional Earth thing? I think we for now. explore it deeper. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe later in the podcast. But let's get on to Paradox and the story, Chris. So it's set in 2028... Earth is running out of fuel and all the countries are descending into war and uh, saber-rattling. And it's up to a group of scientists to go up into space, fire off this large Hadron Collider thing to hopefully create an unlimited supply of energy that will save humanity from blowing each other up. And then that's where the trouble starts because they fire it up and then they get transported to another dimension, which is the same as theirs except the satellite that was their opposite has crashed and been destroyed and the world beneath them has erupted into war. And uh, yeah, it's not a fun place to be. The story unfolds from there, Chris. Um, any good moments? Chris O'Dell's arm. Yes. 
Chris O'Dowd is a standout in this film. He shouldn't be in this film. No. He should be in a completely different film. But I like that we have him. And usually I complain about the odd one out comedic character. But no, if we didn't have him, then this would be a rather pedestrian, unmemorable film. Because he delivered some of the best lines. What are you talking about, arm? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my arm helped. <laughs> that arm is particularly useful and brainy. How does it know all the stuff? It's not him controlling it. Is it the Chris Old Old from a, a third dimension who's controlling <laughs> it? Maybe. I thought the way they were going with it is they couldn't have two versions of Chris O'Dowd or any of the other people in the same universe. That's what I thought they were going for. But that no, wasn't the case, uh, was no, it? No, it was not. Because everyone apart from Hamilton is dead in this universe. Hamilton's the only one that exists. Yeah, she's twice in this universe. Her character's back on Earth. Yeah, and the weird interdimensional ripples—they only seem to affect Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? The the wall eats his arm. Yeah. Then he gets thrown around by a load of magnet stuff. Yeah. Then the wall eats him again. I don't know what. Yeah, what (laughs) that stuff is he uses to mend things or whatever it is. I thought it was being sucked by the magnetic force first, but it looks like it came alive and wrapped itself around him. Yeah, because it targets to... him, didn't it? I thought yeah, it was going like, to go into... through him. Yeah, because I thought it was the magnetic pull was you know, going to rip it through him. But no, yeah. it drags him back and it starts growing into him Yeah. before a CO2 canister sparks and explodes because he's in a room of pure oxygen. Yeah. He shouldn't or have been in bugger. there anyway because pure oxygen... Makes make you, you high? G- g- yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> tripping balls, man. Yeah, so Chris O'Dowd gets picked on. I say that uh, Volkov, the Russian representative oh, on the, the spaceship. Worst, yeah, he's he gets the worms. Yeah, the worms. Worms. Ooh. I think I had a dream about worms <laughs> last <laughs> night. That would explain why. Brought on by Volkov's death. Yeah. yeah, we'll get more into the deaths when we go into the survivally section of the podcast. But it just seems that the film's been checking off all the classic Lost in Space death scenes so from alien things bursting out of a person's body people getting sucked into space sacrificing the captain sacrificing themselves from films like sunshine and things like that crew members turning and shooting and killing it it's very pedestrian yeah there is one quite memorable death but apart from that it which one the um frozen ice cube flood scene yeah yeah, that was pretty good. But yeah, apart from that, it's it's very pedestrian, isn't it? This yeah, film. I thought they were going to go... Do you remember when the first Cloverfield, they get down in the, the subway or the underground, and there's sort of like those weird spider-type monsters come after them? Yeah. I, was, I thought they were going to find some of those on the ship, and there was going to be a battle against those. Okay. I feel like that would have been better rather than whatever the fuck they were trying we, to do. Yeah, because it wasn't a monster film. It wasn't an alien lost in... No, space which kind is what of I thing. thought it was going to be. But it wasn't weird enough the the rules of this dimension or the consequences of jumping dimensions were. Because it just seemed like the universe had something against Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, they? it was just targeting <laughs> yeah. him all the time. Uh, and yeah, there wasn't a, enough weird stuff for me. If it had been slightly weirder, then... Slightly weirder. Yeah, then maybe I would have liked it. They so maybe someone else... Wall. Yeah, I know, but that... That's it, and then someone gets eaten by the wall, and then there's nothing else. Nobody else is almost sucked into the wall, or anything like that. Someone goes toilet, and the toilet eats them. 
they flush yeah. and get sucked down or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's crude, but there's if it, there'd been more weird shit going on, then I would have been a bit more satisfied. Chris O'Donnell arm wrestling with his, with his yeah, severed arm. That would have been fun. I want more. <laughs> I want a buddy cop with Chris O'Dowd and his extra dimensional arm. That would be fun. <laughs> Good, wouldn't it? What are you talking about, arm? Because <laughs> the arm seems to know everything. The arm knows where the gyroscope is to fix the um the shepherd. How does it know that? Because in its dimension, this has already happened. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. But Chris O'Dowd in his universe just crashed in a spaceship. Or did he? Okay, he saw the worms in the gyroscope, then crashed, and then his arm survived? Yeah. His arm was sucked through as he was crashing. But how is the arm still alive and moving? Because why not? (laughs) Is it extra-dimensional wibbly-wobbly radiation? it's all to do with the shepherd particle hydron accelerator collision thing. Purple light of power. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You're very good at science, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. We need to get the purple light to maximum capacity, Captain. There's a Klingon. <laughs> why, am I, why am I Scottish? I don't know. Was someone in Star Trek Scottish? No one was Scottish on the ship, were they? No. No. We need to get purple light Russian. to maximum Schmidt, power. the German, didn't even have a German accent. No, that's fair enough. Maybe he's only half German, or maybe his English is very good. Also... Stop blaming Schmidt for everything. Oh, yeah. Just because he's like German. Because down on Earth, their countries were about to like go at each other. Yeah, That's Volkov why has a go at him. between them were yeah. uh, high. Volkov has a punch-up with and him. And Schmidt, in the other dimension, is a betrays them anyway, a traitor, doesn't yeah. he? Keeps, he purposely keeps their shepherd offline to cause war on Earth, because those are instructions from I don't know, German HQ or whatever. Yeah, the secret Germany task force or whatever. But yeah, stereotyping of Schmidt, man. That's n- not good. Oh, because he's German. <laughs> yeah, and the captain locks him up as well. Yeah. Almost get killed by wormy arm. Does the arm unlock him from the airlock? Because he gets unlocked from the airlock and then he finds the arm, doesn't he? I think that's the only explanation. But the arm was all the way over there, so... It- it unlocked him and I quickly went away and now I can creepily pull myself through the grate. Or maybe that's some extra dimensional stuff. I don't know. This is very weird. And also a door locks as well, trapping Tam in the airlock. So is that the extent of the extra dimensional weirdness? Some doors open and close? No, I think that's part of the protocol because it's an airlock, isn't it? So Yeah, but why would you want to trap someone in an airlock? I don't know. <laughs> Ask the glowing beam of power. I'm not sure that's how it works. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. This it, it hits every cliche. Kind, yeah, apart from, it, it? apart from evil robot. I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> but Do you think there's going to be another evil robot? <laughs> Maybe the yeah. ship was the evil robot. Yes, the ship was the evil robot all along. There was no like sort of semi-sentient AI computer. There's always a computer thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, but there wasn't in. They could have cloned it. They could have. And that could be in Clover. And that's why it was called the Cloverfield Paradox. Because the space station is actually called Space Station 2 or 4. Yeah. But the theory that they're testing is the Cloverfield Paradox. But why is it called Cloverfield? Because someone thought it would be a cool name. If it's a cool name for a monster, it's a cool name for a scientific experiment. That's why my next thesis is going to be called the Godzilla Paradox. (laughs) And it'll be fun. Science is fun. Uh, anything else to say about the film? It's the worst one I watched this week. 
Nice. Where does it rank last? <laughs> well, no, no, I was going to say, where does it rank in the other two Cloverfields? But well, I've we've not only seen watched one. 10, so at the moment, last. Because yeah. the first one is better. It's not great. What do you think of the stinger at the end? What was the stinger? Oh, what, they come back down to Earth and the, the Clover monster's there. Yeah. So what? <laughs> you know, that sums up my feelings as well. Is that, is that what the next film's going to be about, them back on Earth? Mm. Am I going to get to see my... Why is it Eva and Michael... Well, I, okay, they're both English. They're in America because the steering wheel was on the left-hand side, right? So, and they're both English. That's fine. But the kid he rescues is also English. Is it... They were meant to be in England, but they didn't have enough money to hire some cheap American cars or something. I don't know. I don't know where they were meant to be. Well, I, I just assumed America because the steering wheel was on the left. But he was English. Eva was English. And the kid that he finds, Molly, she's English. I think she's meant to be American, but I'm not I'm not sure. I really wasn't paying much attention right. to the back on Earth stuff because that wasn't particularly interesting. It, it didn't need it, to be honest, did it? No. No. You could have cut out that whole stuff on Earth thing. Yeah, because it didn't go anywhere. No. Well, it went somewhere because Hamilton and Schmidt got eaten by a monster. They got stepped on a monster or they landed on a monster or something like that. Either way, they're probably dead. No, because it came down and the monster came up in front of them. Yeah, but that monster is huge. Yeah. It's like the clouds Clouds form at like 2,000, 6,000 metres up in the air. So that monster is at least 2,000 metres tall. Which Unless means it it's, jumped. I don't think it jumped. It <laughs> saw them coming through the cloud and went, I'm going to have that. <laughs> but no, they've landed on it or they've landed near it and that monster's going to Except they're in the next one. Them. They're not because there is apparently a Cloverfield 4 coming out sometime this year. Probably on Netflix as well. I'm not sure. But possible spoilers, Chris. It's set uh, before D-Day and involves zombies. Probably. Sounds better already, I'm going to say. Not really. <laughs> I've been hankering for a good zombie film. I've been searching high and low for a good zombie film lately. And well, I'm do finding you think none. from this, do you think this will be it? Uh, I'm going to ignore the Paradox one and looking at the found footage one. And, and Petro Nat is not a found footage film. It's just a horror survival with zombies. So with, at the very end, a monster comes and no, no, no. At the very end, they survive all the zombie <laughs> shit, and then that's when the escape pod crashes down, and even Schmidt get out of it. Dun dun dun. So you want people from World War Two running away from zombies, and then an escape pod comes down, and then there's the giant Cloverfield monster. Yes. So would you rather see a zombie film or a Cloverfield? No, zombie film. Then it can end with the with the Cloverfield, the big monster. So you, so after Cloverfield four, you still don't want closure. Also, you want that guy who gets, oh well, you told them to come back from space, and then the husband going, no, why did you do that? Oh fuck! And he's come. (laughs) Just forget that last scene ever happened. Yes, because. They you want to, to see to Cloverfield space. in World War And as World they came down through the space, the shepherd fired again and they went, fell through a wormhole onto another Earth. I doubt that very much. I hope that Michael guy died. <laughs> I the scenes were know. not needed. They weren't needed, no. They, were, they felt very tacked on and, hey, let's give them a thing to do and look after a kid. Well, she didn't even go anywhere. He just ended up in a shelter anyway. There was no survival fun things. Yeah. I wanted him fighting the spiders. Bring those spiders back. They no. were good. <laughs> Didn't have the budget for it. There was too much space stuff. I'm not impressed with this film, Chris, particularly. I'm going to give it a don't watch. 
I, I'm, I'm, yeah, all right. Don't watch. Whoa. Just, yeah, I was so, it was just all over the place. It was just messy. It made very little sense. They kept trying to do one thing and switch into another. They, they didn't just stick one idea. They're like, oh, spaces are said, no, let's put dimensions in there. Oh, let's put some weird stuff in there. Let's put betrayal in there. Let's look put betrayal in one thing, but not then. Oh, fuck it. Hand jokes. Yay. Yeah, sever his arm and give him loads of joke things. They should have just stuck with that. They should have made it a comedy. They should have just made it Chris O'Dowd in space talking with his hand. That's what I would have done. Having (laughs) thumb wars. Yeah. Sitting and watching films together. Yeah. A rom-com with Chris O'Dowd in his hand. So just to clarify, you're giving your first don't watch ever on the podcast. Oh, it was appalling. Yeah, it's not great, is it? It was so bad. I mean, we've seen worse films, but... I know, I've seen worse, but I normally give them a watch because you'll get something from them. But this film, you, you get nothing. Okay, you get Chris Aldell on his arm. Yes. In terms of the Cloverfield <laughs> franchise, it brings nothing to it. it. It takes things away. It ruins it more. And no, I, I feel like this entire franchise needs to be rebooted. Just oh, don't from reboot scratch. shit. Yes. Just get rid of whatever they had and let's just start again. Let's not do a found footage film. No. Let's do a, a monster coming down to Earth. And then we'll just go from there, okay? Let's make it horror survival. Let's get back to basics. No. <laughs> no, I think what the Cloverfield franchise should have been, it should have been like Black Mirror or what the original Halloween series was meant to be. Each film is tonally the same, so survival horror, if you want. But a different thing to survive. Yeah, yeah. so first one is a giant monster. Second one is John Goodman in a basement. This one's extra-dimensional in space. This um, one's zombies. Y- yeah, they don't have to be linked. They can be their own separate narrative, own separate story. And they don't have to be... You don't have to link them. You don't have to cinematic universe them. I mean, you can put like little Easter eggs in, but don't make convoluted linkages and just overall take away from the whole experience because you're going to get so far up your own ass that it <laughs> turns into a, a big old mess. So. It doesn't always work though, doing it, does it? Black Mirror, it works. Halloween didn't work, so they had to go back to Well, they tried, they tried once with Halloween with a different horror yeah, which is slasher and, and then bombed, when it... And they went back yeah. again. But they'd done it. They'd done a Cloverfield monster and then they'd done John Goodman in a basement. They'd done it, essentially. And then... This. I don't... Oh, no. I'm not on board, Chris. Not no. on board at all. Uh, shall we talk about the survivally situations then of this film, Chris? Yes, let's talk about how to survive a film where <laughs> the rules don't apply and <laughs> literally anything can happen at any moment. Yeah, and the walls are against Chris O'Dowd. And they never got the temperature under control, did they? No. It's very hot or cold. Which actually is what Humid. leads to the, <laughs> the shepherd particle messing up in the first place because when they finally get it operational and they get it up to whatever power output they need 88 miles per hour no that's a delorean (laughs) (laughs) it has condensation in it which causes it to malfunction in the first place yeah because they didn't get their temperature sorted no well the humidity if there's condensation they had to vent it didn't they so this entire film this is how you survive every death you vent it (laughs) so it works with no condensation thus you come back to earth all crew members alive with unlimited energy and world peace comes along. No monsters. Unless the monsters were an inevitable side effect from the experiment in the first place. No, but I think it just happened in because it overloaded because there's water in it. Stop messing this up, all right? <laughs> this is how they survived the entire thing. It had some water in there. 
being better at science. A mop. <laughs> That's how they survive. Yes. They mop up the condensation. <laughs> oh. Okay, given that they can 3D print themselves a mop, let's just say. <laughs> oh, I'm guessing they can, yeah. Uh, we've, we've been transported to another dimension. Okay. And all sorts of things have been displaced. Volkov's death, first off. He's kind of unlucky because he's been displaced. And so have the worms and the gyroscope, which is needed to navigate them back home. And they all ended up in the same spot. His stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing we can do about that because that's an inevitability. We don't know how it happened. It just happened. But what's wrong with his eyes and why does he start talking to himself? It's, I think one of the worms is in his brain or it's in the space between his skull and his skin so that's why it's wobbling about uh. maybe there is an- another worm inside his skull inside his brain and because it's wibbling it's knocking out nerve endings so maybe that um takes away from some of his cognitive abilities or maybe the worms are speaking to him <laughs> i don't know because well, he starts talking to himself in the mirror he's like yeah right i know and then he just loses his mind and gets a gun and tries to kill Schmidt. Yeah. So I think I think it's the worms uh, doing the damage. But they're not special space worms or anything. They're, they're just, just worms. Yeah. That explode out of him. Yeah. Out of his mouth. Do they need to explode that much? Or are they crawling up his uh, tube? I don't know. Yeah, up called. his esophagus and out that's through his mouth. Yeah. Because uh, that's the only exit for them, is it? Well, there's well, another, there's exit, another but exit, but they, no, they would no. be digested first. Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm kind. <laughs> no way. Are we talking about worms out the bum? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of your favourite subjects, but... Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's the only suitable exit. <laughs> suitable exit. Could have come out of his ears. I'd like to have seen like, worms pouring no. out of his ears while he's standing there with like blood gushing out and stuff. No. That made for a good horror thing. Rather than... <laughs> Out the mouth. Yeah, because like... Also, they step on the worms. They freak out, start stepping on the worms and realise they're just worms. They yeah, what the stop. worms are going to do to you. Well, to be fair, they don't know. What they've just seen is something, as far as they're concerned at that point, possibly alien explode yeah. out of his mouth. So, yeah, it makes sense they're going to panic and stamp. Yeah. And, I mean, we would shout at them if they were carnivorous worms f- for not stepping on them if they didn't. So, po- kudos, yeah. Oh, squish film with carnivorous worms. <laughs> yeah. That's where I thought it was going, but then they were just worms. Yeah, just just worms. Yeah. Big so, worms, aren't they? Yeah. V- uh. Volkov's dead. We can't really do anything. Because one, he doesn't know that he's going to have foreign objects displaced into his anatomy. So that's not so right. lucky. I mean, the gyroscope I sort of get because he was near it. It was in his workstation. Why the fuck are the worms there? They're, they're nowhere near him. Yeah. Also, why are the worms on board? Because they're not a food source, because they're... I think they're a pet. 3D printing their their food. A pet, I don't know. Because this isn't a biological experiment. It's physics that they're trying to do. They yeah. don't need biology. I don't know why they need the worms. I reckon it's something to do with Chris O'Dowd, though. But what would he do worms. with the worms? What was Chris O'Dowd's role? Was he... He was, a, he was an engineer, wasn't engineer, he? Engineer, yeah. So what would he do with worms? He likes worms. <laughs> Everybody's got a fucking hobby, all right? Just let him have it. But no, they're, they're wasting spre- precious space and fuel. Precious space. Taking They've the worms. huge hallways <laughs> that are completely open with nothing in them. So worms. Yes. Not a plan part. We need to brighten up this dull corridor. Worms. Yes. <laughs> Throw worms. a bunch of worms in there. No. I'm I don't know. Maybe they're using worms to try and make the, 
the collider work. They're throwing worms what? in there. <laughs> work, work. This is why they failed to go going so many times. Not the condensation. It's the excessive amount of wormage. Yes. No. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Volkov's one is particularly difficult to survive because it's sheer madness. Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> what can you do? Uh, also, before that, Jensen, who is this Earth's on the Earth B's uh, space station, the shows Shepherd up. Engineer. Yeah, she shows up in the wall, and that freaks everyone out. They cut her out of the wall and leave her with a um, monk to sort her out and treat her for her injuries and stuff like that. And monk patches her back up, so that's where she comes into or from the wall. The walls are... <laughs> that was horrible, because she should just be walking, and suddenly there's a... I don't know from what happened from her point of view, there's a white light or whatever. And so you're in the wall, and you have pipes and wires and all oh shit just gone through your body. Ow. Yeah, ouch. She, well, she's not there when the ship crashes, so she doesn't know that her crew, the rest of her crew have all died until no. she's told. Or maybe she crashed it. I don't know. Well, I don't know, because she... Maybe it was Schmidt. <laughs> Evil Schmidt <laughs> from the other universe. Well, possibly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the film, I thought that was what it was going to turn out to be because she uh, she gets the gun and stuff, doesn't she? Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's going to turn out she crashed her ship on purpose because she doesn't believe they should have it. But yeah, no, and she was hacking Schmidt's communication to... It's nothing to do with that. No, <laughs> nope. no, it's not that smart. It's just evil German. <laughs> so <laughs> Evil German. <laughs> Great. Um, next death is that they're trying to... Tam, she is trying to help Schmidt... Fix the shepherd and get it all operational and working again so that they can go home. Uh, unfortunately, though, she goes into an airlock to do some tinkering. But as she's doing some tinkering, the door fails to open. And a whole lot of condensation that has been building up over the two years that they've been on the space station suddenly floods into the airlock. Tem's trapped in there. The whole crew come to try and see if they can save her and get her out. But because the door's locked, and by this point, Chris O'Dowd's lost his arm. Yeah, that's the reason. Well, he only has one arm, so they can't open the door that's designed yeah. not to be opened. However, if that arm was there, I'm sure the arm would have solved all the problems. The arm would have cleared and would have been like... Yeah. <laughs> ripping open a panel, messing with the wires. Yeah, it just would have done that force movement, and the door would have opened on its own. Why did they Chris O'Dowd's the... arm... Why did they trap the arm? Were they scared of it? Yeah, it's I'd done be nothing scared but of it. them. I know, they trap it and then it helps them and continues to help them. It's the most helpful character. They leave the arm behind on the spaceship as well. They do. That arm's still there, like, just waiting. They'll come back for me. They know I have the secrets of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants the arm. You know how to stop the monster. (laughs) Yeah, it's the arm. They'll come back and I'll write down its weak spot is just on the back of its head. They'll, They'll come back for me arm. I bet they don't come back for the <laughs> no, arm. They just leave the arm. Yeah, so she's stuck in the airlock. It's flooding. The pressure builds. It bursts the other side of the um the door, the airlock, into space. Uh, the water immediately freezes, trapping Tam and killing her maybe, because she could still be alive, because, you know, sudden freezing, it may have preserved her cryogenically. Yeah, but then they wouldn't be able to revive her, would they? They can't just defrost her. There's more to it than that, isn't there, surely? She's dead. <laughs> Let it go, right? She's dead. She's frozen. She can be resurrected, the but... Bl- her blood in her veins would have frozen solid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. she's dead. Okay. 
Survival tips. Well, Stick a locked... brick so the door doesn't close. Something in the way, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing you can do, because once she's in the airlock and it closes, this is a door that's obviously designed not to be forced open. Well, I don't know how it's designed, because... And does the door close because of extra-dimensional wibbly-wobbliness? I or... thought she shut it. I know she shut it, but did she need to lock it? Couldn't she have just left it ajar? I don't know. I don't know what the protocols are on this ship. There are no protocols, apparently. apparently. Not. Just print uh, yourself a gun. That's fine. Take your shoe off and then just put it in between and wedge your door open. Yeah, maybe. That's, although the shoe probably would have like split in half and grown feet off its own and ran off anyway. Yeah, maybe. Who knows what's happening? Yeah, so that's how Tam dies. That's the one creative death. I, I don't think I've seen anything like that. No, that was quite good, wasn't in it? In other films, yeah. Poor place to be frozen, though. Her face pressed right up against the door for Schmidt to see. I would have been like, oh, going to freeze. Pull a funny face. <laughs> yeah. Or be Flip like, the finger. Get finger. <laughs> yeah, and freeze. Memorable pose. Yeah. It's kind of hard to do under the water and keep the buoyancy that you want to... Really? I'd have managed something, though. <laughs> it would have been memorable, yeah. Uh, Chris O'Dowd's next to bite the dust when they try to fix the ship. Chris O'Dowd, he goes to fix a pipe, but the room he's in is full of um, all the oxygen for reasons. It's because he goes to turn off the oxygen pumps to give them more power so he can get the shepherd online. When he turns it off, and then just pumps all the oxygen into the room so he gets pure oxygen. Uh, which is obviously bad because oxygen is uh, one of the key components of making big boom booms. Boom booms. Big big explodey boom booms in space. And then there's some magic... Uh, not magic. Magic. <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> yeah. There's some magnetic stuff that's going on. I mean, Hadron Colliders, I, I think they are magnetic that's I how they move nothing of a hydrogen glider I, I might be getting it confused with um mri scans but i think that's how they move the particles around is magnetic if, if you say so, i don't know i might be wrong but i think that might be how it's done but that's the only reason why i can explain the magnetic stuff or it, it might just be interdimensional magic it's interdimensional magic, okay isn't so <laughs> all the metally stuff is attached to uh is attracted to this one side of the wall the uh, I think that like iron filing glue putty sealant stuff that he's yeah, been using. Like iron fillings type things, are they? Yeah. Liquid metal from Terminator 2. <laughs> it's a bit more fancy than that because you stick a thing in it and it solidifies. Like a, a electrical what thing. It is. I think that's what it is. Um, that comes after him whilst he's looking at this CO2 canister stuck to the wall in amazement. And that creeps up behind him, grabs him, pulls him to the opposite side of the wall... And it starts uh, growing into him, like a bit grows right into his eye. Yeah. It's probably fair that he does die at this point, because it must have been horrible. Yeah. And then there's an explosion which takes out... Yeah, the CO2 cancelled, doesn't it? Hits the wall, which causes a spark. Pure oxygen, boom. Yeah. And that's how Chris O'Dowd bites the dust. I mean, he survived having his arm chopped off. He didn't even feel any pain. No. There was no blood. There was nothing. No. That's weird. Maybe the Chris O'Dowd of the other universe didn't have an arm anyway, so the universe was just correcting it. Could be. But then go. why does the arm come back as the saviour of the <laughs> of the film? I don't know, but it does. <laughs> Look inside Volkov. The gyroscope is in his belly. How does it know? While Chris O'Dowd was in there doing the air thing and being like, you know, thrown around by metallic stuff, the arm was, without a pen, was trying to write, get out of there, get out of there. <laughs> Knocking on the door. Yeah. Pointing Mime drastically it, yeah. at the metal. Get out. Go. We've got to get a jog on. 
or a wiggle on. I feel like he would have survived this if he'd taken his arm with him. He never tries to reattach the arm, does he? No. But if he held it up to it, it would have interdimensional magic would have reattached it. I would have kept that arm around with me because it's very useful. Once it's proven its usefulness uh, by saying, look inside Volkov. Yeah, let's it back the... out again. Yeah, it's a trustworthy <laughs> disembodied arm. I mean, I would have kept it around as a pet. I would have like, had it on my shoulder and it would have just been like drumming its fingers on my shoulder and then when there's danger, would have just gone, let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah, We've got to get out of here. Very useful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know the things are happening behind him because the magnet is interesting. The arm would have known. So the arm would have known. Yeah. I think, given the situation they're all in, whenever something weird starts happening that you can't explain, I would have got away from it as soon as possible because you know it's going to be something to do with the dimensions. It's not going to end well. No. I mean, this is a man who's already had his arm eaten by the wall. So if something yeah. else weird is happening. And again, he's fascinated by it. Don't be fascinated by it. If anything, Leave. the magnetic stuff can be explained away, can't it? As... Oh, the, yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, he's seen a wall eat his arm at this point in the film. Yeah, the magnets shouldn't have been that interesting to no, him. No, yeah. Not half as interesting as a wall eating you. No, I mean, I would have been worried about suddenly a sudden magnetic force. So I thought, oh, God, part of the ship's going to rip away or something. So as soon as that happened, because the iron filing things, they don't come at him straight away. They're, like, struggling towards him, aren't they? Like, shakingly coming towards him. Yeah. That's more enough time for him to get round them and go, just turn around! <laughs> Turner, he needed moss from the IT crowd. Teamwork. Why are they sending just one of the IT crowd up? Send them all. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been good. No condensation problems then. Yeah, because of the explosion, the ship is now structurally unsound and they need to uncouple the dish. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's going to tear the whole station in, uh, apart. So... Hamilton, the captain, and Monk go off into space wearing spacesuits to deal with that whilst um, Schmidt and Jensen are there monitoring the whole situation on comms. Uh, they get to the uh, unstable part of the ship and the captain goes, hey, we need to fiddle with the hydraulics, so you should go outside. And then he shuts the door and goes, the, we can only uncouple the disc from this side. Terrible design flaw, because if you ever need to uncouple it, then, you know, you're trapped on a piece of debris that has no steering or possibly life support or anything like that so that's bad uh yeah the captain tells hamilton to go and get back to their earth and yeah he uncouples the disc and floats off into space he's still alive but he's drifting in space yeah uh, is he still alive now then he's, he's still floating in space thinking ah oh, they made it back i sacrificed myself and they all survived i'm so happy yeah it depends what other facilities are on that part of the ship that he's Nothing. on. Nothing. <laughs> he's going to run out of oxygen, and then in desperation, as he's suffocating, he'll rip his space helmet off, at which point his eyes will explode. Ooh. <laughs> what if there's, like, a game room or something, or a gym? Maybe he can use a vending machine and live off Snickers. Oxygen. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it gets stuck through a wormhole, and suddenly he's in, like... Some sort of paradise world. War II world. Zombies. Yeah, he, he's the one that lands it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But um, the thing about this scene is when he's obviously going away, he's playing the sad music. So, oh, the dramatic moment he sacrificed himself. I could not care less. He uh, blamed Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he, he turned on Schmidt very quickly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, I was not that bothered about the whole sacrificing thing. I not didn't feel connected to any of these characters. 
even Hamilton. Hamilton, once her backstory was explained, I was slightly more, oh, okay, I can see why you're motivated. No. But again, don't stay in this universe. They're at war. Exactly. And what, what does she think she's going to do? She'll go down and be like, kids! And I'll be like, well, who the hell are you? Because I'm their mum. Yeah. So she's going to have to go, I thought she would go down she'd like, kill the mother of the universe and take her place. No, I thought that she was going to... dark ending. Yeah, I thought she was going to go down and her being there would be the paradox. And the I world d- explodes because there's two of them seeing each other. Yeah. Or maybe the Cloverfield monster is like the Reapers from that first rebooted season of Doctor Who where Rose saves her dad and then the Reapers come and eat everybody. Ah, uh, yeah. So the Cloverfield monster w- would be a, a w- timeline slash paradox solving giant monster... <laughs> So when one of them dies and then it goes, it is sucked back up. Maybe, yeah. The paradox is solved. I think the end of this film would have been better. It's after their escape pod went down and the monster came up. And in a camera would pan and there'd be a parachute with just Chris O'Dell's arm. Just coming down. <laughs> Floating down, giving the thumbs up. Thumbs up to the camera. And then I got ends. this. <laughs> this monster's going down. <laughs> yeah, so the the captain's death. Uh, well, it's not really a death. It's a stranding and a slow death. Does he die, though? He might survive. If he gets sucked into a wormhole. Well, we don't know, because he could have been... Something could have happened on that ship, and he could have been sucked through it, or he could become, he could become the ship. He's a Transformer now. <laughs> Maybe he gets sucked into the wall. Maybe he gets the disc spinning, and the rotation manages to change the course, and he manages to fly it down into Earth. I mean, it'll crash land and blow up. Will it? I don't know. I don't know. He's the captain. He can handle this. He is this. the captain. Or maybe he drifts into the International Space Station and they send yeah, out a rescue party. <laughs> where is that? Although they are on the opposite side of the Earth. So they're, they're, the space station's on the other side. No, yeah, they're on the opposite side of the sun, sorry. So he'd have to wait for the Earth to rotate around and come towards him. Okay. So he'd have to stay there for a little bit. He'd probably run out of oxygen, though. He he is dead, but <laughs> he's dead, stranded in space, stranded in a different dimension. He's fucked. Or is he? <laughs> we'll find out in the next film. I don't think we will. I don't think we're ever seeing him again. Uh, we come to the climax of the film, Chris, and the weird space wall lady, Jensen. Uh, turns out she is evil, or at least she wants to keep the version of the shepherd that is already here, the one that hasn't crashed on this earth because it might take too long to build another shepherd to help solve the world crisis that's going on and the war and the energy wars going on down below. So she decides to grab the gun and murder everyone on the ships. And she starts off with Monk, uh, or she traps Hamilton in the escape pod. Well, she wasn't trying to kill Hamilton, was she? She puts a launch sequence in. The idea is Hamilton will wake up, it would have ejected, she's gone back down to earth. And then... Jensen would do something. I don't know, get a ship sent up to her. There'd probably be another escape pod that's or there. something like that. Monk, she doesn't want to kill him. She just needs his key card to get into whatever it is to kill Schmidt. To kill Schmidt, yeah. <laughs> Which she, um, he won't give it to her, so she shoots him. Schmidt, she she could have like. shot him in the leg, couldn't she? She doesn't have to kill Monk. Not her style. What is it? Murder everyone is her style. Schmidt, she doesn't like because her version of Schmidt betrayed her. Anyway, didn't it? And it's the reason there's an entire war going on. So she has resentment towards him. That's why she. But Schmidt goes, "Hey, you realise I'm not your Schmidt, don't you?" And then there's an uneasy silence. Yeah, where she's like, "I don't trust (laughs) you." At that point, I would have been like, "I don't think she (laughs) realises. I think she may kill me. There may be slight resentment because she doesn't respond." 
Oh, no, she doesn't. She just gives that sort of sideways glance. It's like, oh, awkward. I, I would have... Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Schmitz in shit. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't kill him anyway. I mean, she was going to. Yeah, she shoots him, what? Twice. But uh, the first one shot was in the arm. I don't know where the other shot went. Lower gut area. Uh, but I mean, Monk, she hit in the chest or something, didn't she? Yeah. Monk was a doctor. When she walked off, Monk should have been like, right, surgery myself. Chris O'Dowd's arm. Come assist. <laughs> Where was the arm? Why isn't the arm taking on Jensen? That would have been great. She shoots Schmidt and the arm just drops in her face. Yeah. And like, ah, that's fight with her. <laughs> Not Schmidt. I'll save you. This film had so or, many comedy elements. Hamilton comes around the corner and Chris O'Dowd's arm is stitching up Monk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just gives the okay <laughs> sign. Then does Point, to go yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, that and arm. Then, and then Monk's laying there. He looks towards the arm. He's like... Thank you. And the arm like starts stroking his face. Yeah. And a romance blossoms. <laughs> and I was like, shh, be okay. We'll be okay. get through this. The arm is here. <laughs> they should have made it into a comedy film. They could have done so much more with Chris O'Dowd and his arm. Well, yeah, Chris O'Dowd is the comic relief, but he's the best part of the film. Uh, yeah, Hamilton gets to Jensen before she kills Schmidt. Schmidt's shot and incapacitated. Jensen and Hamilton go into the, um, the lounging area. Um, Hamilton hides from Jensen because she's got a gun. Jensen tries to get into Hamilton's head by showing her clips of her family back down on Earth and then being all happy. Hamilton sneak attacks Jensen, gets the gun off of her, shoots the window, sucks uh, Jensen towards the window. Hamilton gets out of the mess hall before the whole cabin can depressurize and then Jensen gets sucked out into space. Don't go psycho. Just accept the fact that the shepherd's going back to the other dimension. You've been offered all the details to make the shepherd work anyway. Yeah. And if you build a nicer shepherd and not a shepherd that's been involved in explosions and weird wall-eating incidences... Then, yeah, you're going to know, aren't you? Yeah. Because oh, go back on Earth, you can put the war on hold because you, it will be announced to everybody... Okay, we've got plans for New Shepherd, and we've got the data to make this one work. If we all just work together, and Jensen's we'll be fine. back, who we thought had died in a spaceship crash. Exactly, and yeah. she's got some weird stories. So don't believe anything <laughs> she says. And take Chris O'Dowd's arm as well as proof. As proof, yes. Yeah. Look, the arm is sentient. <laughs> the arm knows. But uh, yeah, uh, she could have solved it. But instead, she's like, "No, I'm going to keep this version." I like Eva, though, so I'm going to send her down to Earth, but I'm going to kill the others. Yeah, it's, it's not good. No. Oh, well, she should have taken the deal. What else has that actress been in? She looks very familiar. She's the gold lady in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She's the evil lady in Man From U.N.C.L.E. Is she the angel from Constantine? I don't know, because I've not seen Constantine. Really? Fuck Constantine. <laughs> How dare you? It's apparently mediocre. Well, I like it. Well, of course you would. Dick. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how Jensen meets her end. And then Hamilton and Schmidt uh send a message well, Hamilton sends a message to herself. Happy Hamilton. <laughs> Happy Hamilton. <laughs> and gives her the instructions to build the shepherd and make everything happy and good. And then her and Schmidt go back to regular Earth and then they have to get off the spaceship because it's a mess and the walls might try and eat them. They get into an escape pod. And then they fall into a Cloverfield monster. They're probably dead. Nah. That monster won't take much more notice of them, will it? It would. It it's killed a man with a camera. It has bigger fish to fry. No. I think it would eat them. I think the implication is they're fucked. Fair enough. 
sick and the shepherd can... Chris O'Dowd's arm on his space station turns the shepherd into a massive gun and he fires down and kills a monster. That's the post-credit scene that we... I did fast of. forward, but there was no after-credit scene. I, d- I, d- I couldn't be asked, but yeah. That's paradox. <laughs> Cloverfield paradox. Mediocre or best. Yeah, just fucking nothing to say about that. Not, it's, just, it's not good. There's a hundred better sci-fi disaster films, interdimensional films and all this stuff. No arguments from me, Chris. Shall we stop talking about it now and move on to some news? News? And Chris's Corner. Chris's Corner. So what films have you been watching, Chris? So we've got Cloverfield Paradox. We watched Cult of Chucky, Victor Frankenstein, and Fifty Shades of Grey. What? Hold up. Now. No, now let's. No, <laughs> this will be. <laughs> I'm confronting you. Why did you watch Frankenstein? <laughs> no, if <laughs> I don't want to know, it's because I don't want to know. Because next week, I'm going to the cinema to see the third. I don't want to know. Film, but I've not seen the first two, and I've been told that they are continuation, or a, you know, a story that continues. So it's a, tri- it's I'm a trilogy watch the, of, of the shit two. films. It's yes. It is. <laughs> Were you forced to watch this? Yes. Which is only fair, considering I made her watch all seven Child's Play films. Okay, your girlfriend. Where I'm, I'm yes. Sh- okay. Okay. So, you also made her watch a Sharknado film as well. So I, I think I think you're even now. <laughs> <laughs> so Cult of Chucky, really good film. Okay. It takes it to a whole new level. He's got a new voodoo spell. That doesn't just transfer his soul from one body to another. It transfers part of it. So there are multiple Chucky dolls. Fuck. There's three Chucky dolls in this film. And it ends with him possessing a human. One Chucky doll dies. One Chucky doll stays in his asylum place. And he possesses a human. Okay. So they're like Chucky Horcruxes. Pretty much, yeah. And there's going to be an eighth one because it ends on a huge cliffhanger. And uh, it's actually really good. Very bloody, very violent, creative deaths, which I enjoyed. Everything of you want out of a film, a good Chris, Chucky film, specifically, yeah. yeah. Apart from like BDS and uh, <laughs> and bondage and 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 sex and <laughs> whatever goes on in Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades. There was no real storyline. I'm shocked. The whole thing, the entire film, is a guy called I want to keep saying Dorian Gray. That's not his it's name. Not. It's Christian Gray trying to make a girl sign a contract so he can tie her up and whip her and shit. She Romantic. never signs it. <laughs> But he does it anyway. And at the end of it, she thinks, you know what? You're a bit sick. Stay away from me. Oh, my God. And then that's it. <laughs> so I'm guessing the next film is still going to be him going, sign a contract. Here's my whip. And she'll be like, no, I don't like it. But you can chain me up a little bit. What the fuck? <laughs> there was no story. It's just this. It's on for over two hours. Two. I kept thinking it was going to end. And it didn't. And there's going to be another one. And I'm going to see the third fucking one. It's a trilogy. (laughs) You could have just watched the third one and not watched the other. I could have, but I wanted the story. Is that the completionist in you? If there was one, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then we get to Victor Frankenstein. Okay, this has got James Franco and Daniel Radcliffe. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. James Franco. I'm sorry. And Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. Yeah. They tried to do what Guy Ritchie did with Sherlock Holmes. It doesn't work. Okay. Quite frankly. It's not terrible. It's not great. They end it for it to be a sequel. I don't think they're going to make one because this was a box office bomb. It didn't make back what it cost. Yeah, it was all right. It was mediocre acting, I thought, as well. The acting wasn't that good. 
James McAvoy was okay. Daniel Radcliffe was poor in it. Was he really? Yeah, I don't think he didn't do very well. The monster in it looks okay. There's a the chimp. Frankenstein. There's a chimp monster called Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> All right, that beats some people up and then dies. Classic chimp name, Gordon. <laughs> there, yeah, there's nothing particularly special about it, so I'm not going to watch it again. But all three of those films were better than Paradox. <laughs> I refuse to believe that Fifty Shades of Grey was better than... It's just a saving grace was the three or four BDSM scenes. <laughs> yes. Was the nudity. So if I had to rank them... Coulter Chucky first. Okay. Then Victor, then 50, and then Paradox. That is high praise indeed for 50 Shades of, of Grey. <laughs> Congratulations. So you can expect next week of my four films, 50 Shades, the second one will be <sighs> on there. And I'm sure it will just be like the first one of whip, 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 sign, 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 <laughs> whip, whip, whip. Look, I've taken your romantic date. Now I'm going to take you on this table. Whip, whip, whip. Sign, she sign, asks sign. him at one point to punish her. And then after he does, she's like, the fuck's wrong with you? Stay away from me. <laughs> you just asked him to punish you. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be honest. I did a creative writing course once and they showed us uh, an extract from Fifty Shades of Grey as to what not to do when you're self-publishing. Uh, it's atrocious. Was it? Is it? Is this it's the film or is it a bit the of a book? book? No, right. the book. Uh, they, they showed us a parrot because famous story, Fifty Shades of Grey started life. As a fan fiction to Twilight. I heard this, yeah. And it, it got some momentum on a forum and the lady that wrote it decided, okay, I'll, I'll publish it, but nobody wanted to publish it. So she self-published it, did the minimum amount of editing and, and things like that. So the sentence structure and I'm by no means am I an excellent writer. My spelling is atrocious and my words are limited. <laughs> but, but no, it's... It's atrocious, and the text talk is in it. it it's clearly not been proofread, and, and it worked anyway because it and, sold loads. Well, yeah, it sold loads on the promise of boobs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go into it anymore. Um, trailers. We've got a lot of trailers to talk about, Chris, because a lot of them dropped because of the Super Bowl. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox trailer dropped because of the Super Bowl. But we don't need to talk about it because we no, talked about do the not. film. So first off, uh, Han Solo trailer. I know you've watched this. Uh, yeah. What did you think of it? Looks better than The Last Jedi. Okay. Bold statement. I'm what do you think of it. Solo himself? I think he's all right, isn't he? <laughs> I think he's okay. <laughs> right. Um, obviously, obviously, the voice is completely different, but that's going to happen. Yeah, but naturally. His mannerisms from what I saw in the trailer look like they're okay. We don't really see a lot of him, do we? I think that might be intentional. So people don't judge it too harshly. <laughs> yeah, or they, they, they've not got time to make a decision on um, his his portrayal of the character and, until it's too late. <laughs> I thought it looked all right. He's fine, yeah. So Woody, ha- it's got Woody Harrison in it. I know, I, I do like it? Woody. Yeah, I do like... team. That's what he says, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think it's a heist film, so him, Lando... Are all going to be heisting some Bit stuff. Bit of a uh, Wild West standoff moment, wasn't there, when he was un- unclipping the holster on his gun? He's on like a beach or something. Yeah, with those uh, masked people. I don't know who they yeah. are, but it'd be interesting to find out. It's a fine trailer, um, but doesn't give too much away. Good. And, and <laughs> we know, yeah, that's good, but we can't make a decision on. And it's coming out in May. Very soon. I yes. know. What am I going to see? <laughs> I've got nothing to watch in December now. Aquaman. 
Actually, there are a fair few films coming out in December because Star Wars isn't there, so they've all gone. Oh, shit, let's do it. Rush to December. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic Beast Two is coming out December as well, I think, or November ish. Okay. But there's also Aquaman, the Bumblebee film, I think, is coming out around that time as well. Uh, another trailer that came out because of the Super Bowl Jurassic World, the second trailer. Uh, no, I didn't watch that. I've seen the first trailer. Okay. I didn't watch that. The first trailer didn't impress me much anyway. So. Okay. Well, there's less of the volcano-y stuff in, in the second trailer. And more more of... Chris Pratt working on his motorbike in a sweaty sun. No, there's it's there's definitely an element of horror towards Ooh. this second trailer. <laughs> really? Of monsters running around a big mansion. So Monsters? Dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Right. Okay. Monsters. They're terrifying. <laughs> I see a dinosaur. I'm going to go, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Jessica Jones got a second trailer for season two. Didn't there was a first trailer for season two? <laughs> there wasn't. There's a second trailer. It's, it's mostly Grave, revolving around Jessica investigating her past and how she got her powers. So Kilgrave is going to be in it. Uh, no, because Kilgrave's dead. But yeah, I'd heard David Tennant is back. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> okay, spoilers. But I think he's going to be a mental projection. I don't care. I hey, like I'm, David Tennant as Kilgrave. I'm a mind ghost. Yeah. The thing I really liked about the first season of Jessica Jones is the villain is David Tennant's um, Kilgrave. Mm. So we're going to have to see how season two deals with that and whether they can come up with a m- more memorable villain or just, nah. hey, I'm a I'm a mental villain in your head. Why not? That, that'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's worked in other things, but yeah. Next trailer, Venom. It looked okay. Didn't really show much, did it? It was just it more. It didn't show Venom. That's the thing. We 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 saw the symbiote briefly, very in the briefly, yeah, moving around. But um, I'm assuming they're saving Venom until they finished the CG, which I, I probably yeah. I was waiting to see whether they're gonna like do a little like show a hand or something of Spider-Man in it. But. No, I think Tom Holland has been on the set. Oh my god! I don't know whether it's for like publicity or whether he is actually in it, but who knows? Uh, we also don't know whether this Venom is. He went up into space and it came down with the astronauts, or it's a cure, or a... Do we know if, if this is Eddie Brock? It's not Eddie Brock, is it? I, I think, think it is Eddie Brock. It is Eddie, yeah? Yes. Okay. Because I know Flash Thompson has had the symbiote, so yeah. he's been Agent Venom, but I think this is Eddie Brock. I have no idea the who the villain... The more better Venom. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea who the villain is in it. I don't know whether it's Carnage. Venom. <laughs> no, Venom's the antagonist, or the protagonist of the... He's going to be... Ah, oh, I'm a, I'm a. He's gonna be like anti-villain or anti-hero kind of, forced to do good, and the bad guy's gonna be someone that's because it's, it's no, I don't think they're gonna do that. Tom Holland's not gonna be in it long enough. Yeah, okay. And I think it's a fifteen as well. So yeah, we can have Spider-Man ripping somebody's arm off. <laughs> no, but it doesn't show too much. Deadpool two got a trailer. Saw it. Looked good. Excited. I like everything Deadpool. <laughs> you like the fourth wall breaking? Yes. The uh, the hit at Superman, the CG mustache. Yeah. He keeps picking on Superman. <laughs> Good. He deserves it. <laughs> Being a better film. Yeah, I, thought I liked it. it okay. Good. Nothing else to add. Josh Brolin looks good as Cable. True. Terry Crews is in it. Was he? <laughs> is he yeah, he's, he's in the background. But yeah. Uh, Avengers... Infinity War got a TV spot, a 30-second one. I didn't see it. Okay, skip over that. Dundee, a trailer for Crocodile Dundee. Really? It's not actually. It's It's not. I read read this news report yesterday, yeah. He looks so old now. Yeah, it's for Australian tourism, not an actual film. I was going to (laughs) say. 
Well, the trailer, the the campaign managed to get um two of the Hemsworths in it, uh, Margot Robbie as well, and Dundee himself. So, would you have watched it if it was a proper film? Yeah, but I wouldn't have had high hopes for it because it's not going to be as good <laughs> as the first two, is it? Final trailer, Chris. I know you're not going to have seen this. Skyscraper. The fuck skyscraper? It's Die Hard, but with The Rock in an even taller building. No, and The Rock you. has one leg. No, thank you. <laughs> and no, thank you. Dwayne Johnson is only suited for comedy films. This might be a... I don't like him as action. Well, no, he does action. He does. He plays The Rock. That's what he plays. Okay. And he's going to be The Rock in this, but with one leg. And then he'll, he'll be doing some serious action and then he'll beat someone over the head with his leg or throw them off the building and go hope you got a parachute or raise an eyebrow do whatever the rock does good (laughs) i think that's what that film is going to be but yeah it's die hard with the rock in a bigger building fair enough okay (laughs) that's everything chris we've ran through the trailers pretty sharpish um where can people contact us Email at weakersurvive.gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at weakersurvive. And you can leave comments, reviews, etc. on YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic. And subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Oh, that as well. I always forget to say yeah. that. But yeah, that as well. Yeah. Okay, you have listened to We Could Survive That, your weekly survivor guide to the movies. I'm going to see you all next week. Until then, avoid all dimensions. Goodbye. <laughs>